Hey, Josue, it's that time again. What time is it? It's it's Babylon 5 time. It's Conspiracy of Light time. It's I just realized I I wrote the wrong thing for Conspiracy of Light. I have COF, Conspiracy of, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about Soul Hunter, which is the second episode of Babylon 5. And uh, I'm excited to talk about this episode because I think it's actually one of the first good episodes of the, the season. The first okay. season. Okay. Um, it's definitely the one with the most interesting questions to be asked. Yeah. Um, so it's been a little while since we've been here, but I'm excited to get back into our discussion of Babylon 5. And for those listening, thanks so much for joining us on this this journey through Babylon 5, this almost lost, <laughs> perfect, amazing science fiction show. I was really hoping that somehow we could get the universe started back up again. I know that J. Michael Straczynski would love it to happen. I don't mean us. That's that's really, that would be really bold. You and I are going to get the show started back up for us, right? That's our goal with this podcast, yes. Exactly. Just to, just to get Michael Straczynski to pay attention to us. Hey, make a show. I mean, uh, listen, with all the TV that's being made nowadays, it's it's more possible than it has ever been, I think. It's true, and and I think Babylon 5, the universe, still has something to say to us that maybe not be able to be told in the previous version of Babylon 5. Yeah. You know, kind of like Battlestar told us something new. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Battlestar told us something completely new. Yeah. Never knew there were so many different kinds of Cylons. <laughs> Spoilers. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I, I don't even... Yeah, I mean, we're on the second episode, and we're already talking about the the remake in 2020 <laughs> well for you this is <laughs> for you this is a kind of a new experience for me I, i've seen this episode and many of the other episodes so many times so for me it's like bring more on bring more on but i can still i can still rest the meaning out of the episodes that i've watched and find new meaning in it each time i watch so i i love that it's just like looney tunes <laughs> new meaning every time yeah so what'd you think of Soul Hunter? Man, uh, it, it, it definitely made me think about a lot of stuff. Um, mo- mostly about its own world, but also lately we've been talking about other science fiction shows and other science fiction stories that dealt with this same idea. So it was surprising to me that this episode that aired, what, 20 years ago? Um, <laughs> was so <Jesus>. relevant. <laughs> 20 to, years ago. <laughs> okay. Was so relevant to, to like, you know, a Star Trek Discovery episode that we saw two weeks ago and these other stories that, that we've talked about. So, yeah, let's get I, into it. I'm, I'm excited. I think it just speaks to the timeliness and like almost like these are really human questions that we're asking on a regular basis. Yeah. And they're going to show up in our fiction on a regular basis, which is fine. It's perfect. Uh, I think that's what uh, Babylon 5, Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, Doctor Who all kind of go into that direction of trying to answer these big questions. Yeah. Also, Doctor Who, I think, just wants to show us more monsters. Also. <laughs> that is also true. So, it, the the episode starts, we we meet Dr. Franklin for the first time. And I say for the first time, you're going to see Dr. Franklin for a long time now. He's not like the previous Doctor Who just kind of one off. I'm gone. Remember, this is my first time watching this. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if I would consider that a spoiler. But, like, now, if his life is in danger in the next episode, I'm not going to be worried. <laughs> you know, uh, 
And you know, I've been really good about this. I've tried. I haven't watched a single episode past where we are. I've been I've been waiting until we record. I haven't looked up any other information. I am. You're a very kind and waiting soul. I appreciate yeah. that about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we meet Dr. Franklin for the first time, and um, he explains that our other doctor is gone. Um, he's gone to back to Earth mm-hmm. to work on Earth now that there are so many aliens moving to Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see that Sinclair knows Dr. Franklin. And then suddenly this thing happens. This ship falls out of the gate, completely lifeless. And here we meet our main, I guess, antagonist of the story is the soul hunter. He's never given a name. He is the soul hunter. Yeah. Shock Tot. I tried to spell this thing. I can't, I I don't know how to spell Shock Tot. Oh yeah. Was that his name or was that just what Delon or the Membari referred to them as? That's a that's a, na- a name prescribed by the Membari. It's not. I, I don't think it's his name because I think she uses it to refer to all soul hunters. Gotcha. It wasn't like she knew this individual, but she she but, just knew what a soul hunter was. But I think, but he knew her, right? Like he said, they said that he was present. Like they had met before. Maybe she didn't know that he was the one that was there. Right. He, he said that they her. that he was trying to get at the soul of Dukat, which was a leader of the Membari. Yeah. And he said they formed a wall of people, or a, a, yeah, a wall of people around him to keep him from getting in. Of bodies, I think. Of bodies, which, yeah, yeah, a wall of bodies, which could be read as like just like a human chain, or a lot of people died <laughs> to get to, so that I could uh, not do what I came to do. That that's possible, and and we yeah. don't actually know from this episode. But I just, it's a grisly image, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a wall of bodies to keep me from this. Yeah. I think, I think it shows how, how, how much, like how strong their beliefs are, right? That they're, they're willing to make all these sacrifices to do or not do <laughs> this soul hunting thing. And this is almost the, the primary question of the, the episode, which is this kind of like, all these metaphysical takes on whether or not the soul exists or not. Yeah. And you get three different kind of points of view. You get Dr. Franklin's point of view. That's, that's impossible without the right technology, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then you get uh, Delin, who believes that, no, the soul has to leave so it can reincarnate to join our species again because these great leaders are, are we're losing these great leaders because they're not being rebroadcast through the ethosphere. Yeah. And then you get the soul hunter. Who's like, no, these things, everybody will go away if I don't save them somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Which, just getting ahead a little bit, I'm just imagining what his conversations with his little balls of souls are like. So, is this really a good time for him? It's, it was so interesting to put it that way. It, I don't know, like he had some with him, right? He, he had a collection, but the way he talked about it at first made it seem like, it's better for everyone if these souls can live on and teach us what they have to offer and we can learn from them. Yeah. But yeah. At the end, I wasn't sure if he was keeping them. Maybe, maybe he had his collection because he was really on the outs with the, with the soul hunters. I don't know. There was a point in the episode where, um, uh, Delenn always says, I know that you, you guys always travel with your collection. Yeah. Where is your collection? And he says, yeah. it is safe. You know, his wonderful, dry way of speaking 
Yeah, yeah. But I I got the impression at first that he he meant like, you know, there's a repository and like, I don't know, people could go and learn from these souls. That would sound great. That makes more sense than this selfish bastard holding on to all these souls in this Santa Claus sack in his in his uh Zoom mobile. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I mean, again, th- that's what it sounded like. And that's where it got really interesting for me because it's, it's this idea. Um, a, a recent Doctor Who episode did this, uh, an episode called Testimony, right? And, and we saw a Star Trek episode recently where this uh, planet wanted to tell its story so that it could live on. Oh right? yeah. And like this idea that there is, there is this, uh, person or this, or this group of people who are tasked or have tasked themselves to preserve, I don't want to say information because again, we're talking about a soul right here right. Is, is the, is the word that they use. And by preserving these souls, you're able to, again, just, it's, it's just very important souls, right? Not any soul, just important. Yeah, not just any soul. I'm not going to get Joe off the street who collects the trash. Exactly. I exactly. want the leaders, particularly the Membari. Because yeah. they're so rare and, and hard to get a hold of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like his white whale, right, at this point. He's, yeah. He's not doing okay at this point. He's pretty angry and, and but again, yeah, it's definitely his Moby Dick, right? He he needs a Mumbari and he's willing to do anything uh, to, to get one. Because yeah, it sounds like he was drummed out of the religion or drummed out of the monastery or whatever because he wasn't able to do the thing that he was supposed to do. Well, he started killing people to get the souls, right? And that's like right. That, that this was now his his solution because I couldn't get the Membari souls. Now I'm going to get them no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that reminds me of I don't know. Like now in the news, you hear about um, priests molesting children, right? It's like you're like whoa, 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 whoa. Like you were not following anything, any of the rules. <laughs> Like, right, like what? What are you doing? But you know, the soul hunter keeps identifying himself in a soul as a soul hunter and wants to keep doing what he's doing, even though he's he's not following the the guidelines of the religion. He's he's that that's why we find out that you know his ship is uh, was shot down and it was his own people. Did his people say he was disturbed? Was that the word they used for him? Man, they, I can't remember, but I I, remember it sounded like this word. is almost like a DSM diagnosis for the soul hunters. Like, oh, he's one off the deep end. Basically, we we had to we have to take care of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's basically what <laughs> what they said. Like, he's he's not. That's why I said he's not okay. I don't remember the exact words that they used, but they were they know that he's not uh, thinking clearly and he's not following the rules. And like, actually, killing the people is so just goes against what they're trying to do. Right, like the idea is that you would live a full life, and then at the moment of your death, we collect your soul so that it can yeah. continue, you know, to to be good for for the universe. But by killing people beforehand, like you're even you're depriving that soul from even reaching its its full potential. Right, and he's just oblivious to that because he's just going to get. I mean, he's just going to get his white whale, as you put it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Delenn's reaction to this is is civil and measured, right? <laughs> Kill it, shoot it, send it out the airlock. Well, and to the Mumbari, it's also a, like a boogeyman, right? Apparently, yeah. she said, you know, we've been trained since we were children to, to fear, fear the soul creatures. hunter. Yeah. Because yeah. they have two completely different visions of what the soul is. Exactly. exactly. But then, you know, look at the rest of the station. You know, you've got people leaving the station. 
and the the alien sector, as Ivana put it, is is starting to be um, less crowded. So it seems like everybody but Earth knows what a soul hunter is, and nobody wants to be around it. This is mm-hmm. a terrible omen to have this this thing here. You know, and it's funny because we we find that out, and we don't know that he's there to kill people, right? Right. We we, we only think that he is he is in a way he's like death, right? And and I guess you believe that well, if I'm not around, then I'm not the one that dies. So let me get out of here. I guess it makes sense. Die. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's going to die. Maybe that's you're right because if if the soul hunters are, gr- are supposed to be a group of people who are just there to witness and capture death, unless it is that all of the aliens believe no, this is a a crime against the soul to trap it into this little glass beacon thing. Uh, then maybe that's part of it too. Maybe they just maybe it's just so unnatural to them, or it, it doesn't seem. It could it could be, right? But I, I'd like to think that with so many different types of of alien races represented, you'd have just as many different perspectives on it. Yeah, I mean, Negrath doesn't seem to care. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants he just wants his money. <laughs> Um, so Delenn is deathly afraid, and she apologized to Sinclair and t- explains this, the whole idea of the soul hunter, which gets us into the main question of the episode, which is, does the soul exist? And f- through the through the lens of the episode, I'm not sure if we can give an answer. You know, I was looking at interviews with Straczynski. He said he didn't want to say whether or not the soul existed or not. He wanted you to make your own decision. But I was trying to look at it from the point of view, okay, the soul hunter himself um, he believes the soul exists or something is preserved and he wants to keep it all into himself or to get this credit for himself or whatever it is. Um, he's not really concerned about the afterlife, so to speak, except that he keeps things from going away completely because there's only capturing the soul or the complete oblivion of everything. Well, yeah. So, so he believes that there, I, I, my understanding is that he believes that there isn't an afterlife, right? That, that the soul right. just dissipates. It becomes nothing. And to avoid that, like, that's sad. I don't remember the exact words he used again, right? But he seemed to really think that that was, that was a waste, you know? Why? When these souls have so much more to give us. And he, I mean, does the soul exist? He had something in an orb at the end. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely <laughs> there. Yeah, there's something there. Something is is present. And you know, uh, when Delin is doing her Easter egg cracking moment, um, they are causing the chimes to uh, to ring in her in her quarters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so the show, right? You said there's three perspectives. Yeah. And we don't see Sinclair's. We don't see Ivanova's. We don't see anybody else's. We see the Doctor. And yeah. he puts it like, well, you know, if you had the the right technology, you could preserve personality. You know, like yeah. you can make a clone of the person's personality and keep that. And then when you when at the end you see the soul hunter actually taking the soul, he's he's got some advanced technology. So is he doing what Franklin described at the beginning? Or is he trapping the information into some kind of orb or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because he, it wasn't, it wasn't a ritual. You know, he was using a machine. Right. No, he was. Yeah. And it wasn't. And, it wasn't religious per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I guess I, I agree with the creator of the show. <laughs> you know, I think it's up for interpretation. But 
the Mambari believe there's a soul. The Soul Hunter believes there's a soul. Yes. And the and and the one Earthling who gave his perspective gave what I what I interpret as his version of what a soul might be. Because talk to you know talk to three different Earthlings and you may get three different answers as far as that's <laughs> certainly true. Yeah, what a soul is and and maybe you know that's his belief that you could. You know that the soul is the person's. What makes a person a person? Oh, it's their personality. So you could you could clone that and save it. And so we don't know if that's what he was doing. Now you're right. When she cracked it open at the end, that thing floated up in the air uh-huh. and looked very uh, spiritual. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it's energy. You know, like um, this is the future. This is we we don't know the different ways that we can contain information. Like we can True. we can code information in DNA now, right? Why couldn't we right. code it in some sort of gas that's preserved in in a sphere? I don't know. I th- I that's, think that's an idea possible. I hadn't thought of because I was just thinking about what it would be like to break the computer and see if there's any residue that flies up in the air and goes <laughs> off into into some kind of space. <laughs> well we don't we don't have that technology yet. At least not not in the computers we have at home. But but I don't know. I mean, we're, we're we're experimenting right now with different mediums for data storage, and some of yeah. them are organic. So I don't know, a, a gaseous. So gaseous. Could be. Yeah, okay, it could be. Yeah. So what if what if that's the technology? What if the soul hunters did nothing but create um, gassy hard drives and <laughs> and combined it with the with the that's technology? The name of the episode: gassy hard drives, right All there. All right. <laughs> The 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 remake. That's what the Soul Hunter episode will be called. Gassy hard drives. Gassy hard drives. Um, yeah. So so I see I see different possibilities, right? But but they're definitely. I would say the three of them, the three perspectives, believe that there's some version of a soul. Because that's the okay. Thing, yeah. Right? So you're gonna say Dr. Franklin's version of the soul is that they, we can we can maintain personality somehow, or we can maintain the matrix. Yeah. Because just because he's not using the word soul. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he's not kind of in the same ballpark because even though the soul hunter and the Mambari use the word soul, at least in, you know, universal English or whatever mm-hmm. uh, the language is in, in Babylon, uh, we don't know that they're de- they define the soul as the same thing. They're just that's using fair. the same word for it. Yeah, it's just the the English approximation of whatever they call it. Yeah. That's that's fa- yeah. that's a fair thing. Yeah. So yeah, then, now Sinclair says, I don't know what to believe, but I don't want you on the station <laughs> because yeah. you're causing nothing but trouble to me. Yeah. Um, but there is this piece. The soul hunters sense death. Mm-hmm. They know yeah. it before it comes, and that was very, made very clear. They know it's happening even if they're not near it. Yeah. Now, yeah. I will question the new soul hunter co- who comes on, and, he, and Dr. Uh, uh, Sinclair says, hey, look on the map here and find... <laughs> find the person dying and i'm like that's just a little bit bull to me but what what is uh, isn't that like a divination right where yeah. you can where you can uh, approximate uh, uh metaphysical information through a physical medium right so yeah. he he ouija board a map is basically what he did that's what he did yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that means you know it, it's not about it's not about locality i i can somehow transpose the map yeah. To my understanding of locality and give you a location. But here's the question. If he could do that and, and Sinclair had to say, why don't you do this? Why didn't he think of that? Um, so, so that's a good question. 
that's a that's a I, I don't think he really wanted Sinclair to be there when it happened. Uh, hmm. Yeah, like if you set it up as a plot hole, I guess. But if you if you want to give some some purpose to that, I guess that that could be one thing. I think I I felt that he was just resigned from like I think he just accepted that. No, like that Membari's dead. Like she's that that, that that's done. Uh, and, <laughs> oh, so he was kind of over it already. He's like, okay, let's just catch this guy. Yeah, yeah. Like we're we're too late, and you know, uh, Delenn was passed out and being, um, uh, like her her blood was getting sucked out, so she may have been like very close to death. You know, maybe the yeah. maybe the signal was was more faint, um, but but he was there for a while, so he could have yeah he could have done that earlier. <laughs> yeah, maybe it, it may just well the the other thing is he may have wanted to catch the guy himself because then they could you know do what they needed to do with his order. Yeah, yeah. To deal with this guy rather than you know this this human moment of of well, we've got to catch him we're gonna kill him. And, I don't think we were planning on killing him necessarily, but that that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. We didn't answer the question. I mean, I, I didn't really answer the question if there's a soul or not. I keep thinking about that. What do you think in, in the show? In the show. So, as you said, there is a physical presence. Um, Membari certainly believe the soul exists. And uh, Ivanova seems to believe the soul exists. If you look at the death that happened, you know, the guy who was the busker there on the floor of the Zocalo, um, when she sends his body to the deep, she says to the, from the stars we come to the stars we go. Um, so there, there's something about the soul in that, I think. Maybe, maybe. Um, so I, I think what really is happening here is we're getting to see many interpretations of the same event um, to yeah. kind of explain the metaphysics of the universe that we're looking at in the first place. I mean, mostly it's a representation of our own universe in the sense that we have people who are atheists. We have people who believe that there's a soul that needs to go to heaven or needs to go to reincarnation. There, there's some piece of you that exists beyond. And then we have people who want to capture it all and put it into a cybernetic body <laughs> or something. So, so I think, I think at least this is my position uh, as far as Babylon 5 is concerned. I think that they've established that the soul is a thing. I think it's ah, real. Okay. Particularly because, um, not just because they believe, like they could have never shown that device at the end or shown a soul. And then I think the conversation would be, it would be the same as it is on earth. Let's put it that way, right? <laughs> in our yeah. reality. Yeah. No one can no one can prove anything in, in in any in any way, but here, not only, even if it's some sort of, even if it's a cloned personality stored in a gas in an orb, the hunter seemed very surprised by the fact that they were floating, and going yes. against him. So and, they have free will of some sort. Yeah, like not only are they sentient, but that they have free will. And they can fly like that could be technology <laughs> built into the orb. But I'm I'm going to say that not only does the soul exist, like it's powerful enough to be preserved and and move. Again, when it was liberated, it moved the wind chimes. So there's some yes. sort of mass there, but it's also able to fly, you know, 
In the, in so the let's orb? posit that souls exist for just a moment, and I'll I'll argue this point from this perspective. So one of the things that I've learned as a result of studying uh, transpersonal psychology and all these different things that kind of relate to um, our metaphysical selves suggests that uh, the body itself binds energy to a physical form and that when the body is removed, there is a lightness to what's there and it moves up to a higher level of consciousness, being whatever you want to call it. So from that perspective, it's doing that. We're, we've got an up that it goes to and we've got this kind of sense that something survives, but it's not physical, yet it has some physical corporality because it's able to, to mess with the wind chimes and potentially say something nice to Delin as it runs off into its destiny. Because <laughs> she looks like she's beatific while she's letting these souls mm-hmm. go, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's chatting it up. Yeah. Chatting up. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, and, and this is kind of what I was going at. I'm... I want to think that the show is establishing that there is a soul. Okay. I just think that's more interesting because it, it gives you an answer. I think yeah. it's, I think even like, I don't believe in heaven and hell, but I think that if you have a story where you establish that there's a heaven and a hell, then you can play with that narratively. Sure. Sure. So, so here I think that they establish that, but I was thinking about, well, my own belief is basically everything you just described. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there's a, there's a, I believe in reincarnation in some way, like maybe not okay. a one-to-one, but I believe in returning to a, you know, to a soup, <laughs> right? <laughs> I believe in something being preserved and moving on. Uh, I don't believe in, 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 a, in an afterlife in the, again, in the heaven or hell sense, but I do believe in, uh, my, 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 my beliefs are, metaphysically complicated (laughs) and that would be a whole other conversation (laughs) but i wonder how much of that i'm putting into my interpretation of the episode well maybe that's the point of any particular media that we look at is to give it a mirror to ourselves seen through the eyes of someone else yeah yeah because because the engineer in me I've, I've already, I've already, I've already explained gassy hard drives, right? Like right. floating orbs is not uh, too far of a stretch, you know. It's like no, that's built into the technology. Like it's all technology. Franklin had it right, right at the beginning. But I don't yeah. want to believe that. I want to believe that there is a spiritual component there. That there is this extra thing because maybe later on it could be, it could be a huge deal. I don't know if they'll visit it again, but but it's it's a cool idea to have in the back of my mind as I continue to watch. I don't know the exact quote from Arthur Clarke, but I think it applies to a lot of what we look at, which is, you know, any species that is sufficiently advanced in technology looks like magic yeah. or looks like metaphysics, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, because you, you can, you know, I don't want to get too much in Star Trek, but you can take the Red, Red, Red Angel apart and say, OK, this is someone in a suit and they're doing something as opposed to seeing them as a Red Angel now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It's Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Right. And And we saw that happen right once people see something everybody else kind of has their own interpretation of what happened that that other episode right um, um of, of discovery also where two people witnessed the same exact event and had completely different explanations for it and and yeah that, that's probably what's happening here i mean if you want to add another science component to it uh, we don't know the physio the physiology of different alien races so maybe some of them do have like this gassy hard drive that floats away <laughs> and humans don't right i yeah. mean it's possible although they did say that they've been uh, the the 
the hunter said that he had been to Earth. So yeah, he did say that. Um, so but we least, don't at least he have tried. a name for him as not as Soul Hunter anyway. Yeah. Well, probably no one knew he knew he was there, right? Because could be. Yeah. yeah they had no idea what he, what what a Soul Hunter is. Yeah, well, we would have some kind of uh, religious order surrounding that idea, basically. And I don't, I can't think of any religion right now that saves the soul in the sense of keeping something physical on Earth. Um, of course, I don't know every religion on Earth, so that's yeah. The, the yeah. Well, what I, what I'm thinking of, like someone, you know, if if you're cremated and they keep the ashes and they keep the ashes close by and. Yeah, talk okay. to it right it's like there's there's a version of that there maybe the person doesn't believe that the soul is is in is in the urn but there's still some sort of connection to it right just like people yeah. go people go to to graveyards and and they they and they talk to yeah. their relatives and yeah yeah so there's there's again it's there's something there there's right? a sense like, that there's a conduit of information somehow yeah, yeah. some Through sort of the preservation physical body i guess yeah yeah. I'm trying to imagine, okay, if the soul exists, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be dead and I'm going to be placed in this bubble. So, so we're like, talking about in, in the world of Babylon 5 now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Or even just in general, just as a concept, I'm going to be placed in a okay, bubble. Okay. Does my bubble have furniture? <laughs> Do I get to read books? Am I just stuck in there only observing the fact that I'm stuck in a bag? Okay. Do I really want to talk to guy that comes and talks to me? Is like, what's your wisdom? Get me the fuck out of the bag. <laughs> I see. I, I I I see where you're going with this. Yeah, that's a that's a that's like a deeper conversation. What, <laughs> like if you don't have your body anymore, what do you want furniture for? You know, because you don't have. The oh, body. okay, that is fine. You know, but I'm I'm just thinking. Is it what boring is the experience? To be, yeah. Right? Yeah. And do I want to to go up and, and reincarnate or do I am I happy here? Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about is that when it comes to the soul, there's one other media that kind of addresses this that I remember really well because I was just kind of floored by the idea. And that was Torchwood. Hmm. In Torchwood, they suggest that when you go, it's not oblivion. It's something dark and really scary and there's something coming up from it. Hmm. That was yeah. a fascinating perspective that I hadn't thought of before. Yeah. So instead of going to some really nice place, there's something waiting for us to eat us or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. But and and one story that came to mind was uh, Speaker for the Dead, which is the sequel to Ender's Game, and that story is all about a religion that forms around the idea of preserving a person's story after they die. And and I, I love that story that that book so much, um, but it. But this is exactly what seems to have happened with the soul hunters, right? There's, they seem to be a religious order, and at least that's the way I interpreted them. You know, I don't mm-hmm, think they're like mm-hmm. a race. They seem like just, a religious order, yeah. Not you're not not a race, perhaps. Yeah. They didn't talk about them being a race. Yeah, and they spoke, you know, as if it was a, a religion, and their purpose again seems benevolent, right? And that we're just preserving this for the for the greater good. We're preserving, mm-hmm. preserving, quote unquote, the soul. But you know, we're preserving something. And in Speaker for the Dead, the idea is that you you sit down with someone at the end of their life, and and it's something that you can request, right? Like all across mm-hmm. the galaxy, people will request a Speaker for the Dead, and some people just want to share their story. So then it's documented, and it and a record is kept, 
so that the person can be remembered. Um, you know, like their story is out there. So it wasn't, yeah. it, it doesn't feel like you, you existed and then you stopped existing. I, I, I don't know. I, I love that idea that an entire religion would form around that. Yeah. So you could just go back and talk to Einstein whenever you wanted to, basically. Well, in, in the case of Speaker for the Dead, it's just the story is collected. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. We, so there it, are multiple... it's more the story than it is the person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no spiritual component in, in Speaker for the Dead. Um, okay. But it becoming a religion is really interesting because uh, in the in the books, what happens is that Ender, the same Ender, you know, from from Ender's game, at the end of it, he he gets the story from uh, he 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 gets his his brother's story before he dies, and then he decides that he wants to do that for more people, so he starts traveling and doing that. But the way that space travel works, right? It took like he's. Um, uh, he like uses a hyperdrive. I don't remember the exact terminology, right? But at the speed of light, time moves differently, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think like two hundred years have passed, even though for him it's only been like ten. And across uh, along the way, as he's traveling from one planet to another, kind of basically sp- skipping through time, people know of this person who became a speaker for the dead, but they don't know who it is. And without his uh, involvement, really, at the beginning, it becomes a religion out of his control. Because people like the idea and more people start doing it and then kind of an order become starts and they train people and then he just becomes another one of the speakers for the dead and nobody knows that he's the original. It's it's really cool. <laughs> That's really cool. You're hooking me on that because I had never got to read that one. So now I'm going to have to yeah. go back and have a, have a read. Well, it's, it's just so relevant to all these stories that we've been uh, looking at recently mm-hmm. and and I, I mean, you and I eat this stuff up, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's there's uh, Young's idea that everything happens together for a reason. That if you you know if you have a lot of synchronicity, you're on the right path, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So perhaps you and I are on the right path. I'd like perhaps. to believe so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just taking a sidestep from the metaphysical questions for a minute. Um, you learn a lot more about the Mimbari in this episode. Yeah. You uh, learn about Delin, particularly through the Soul Hunter. And she's basically royalty. Yeah, she is Satai. Yeah. Satai Delin of the Grey Council. Yeah. What's a leader of the Mimbari doing as an ambassador? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Sinclair asked the same question at the end of the episode. I, I, you know, in every episode I've, I've said, you know, there's a lot of mystery. Uh, yeah, in, in Babylon Five, and yeah, we got a few layers peeled off. But I like the best line in the in the, in the episode. My favorite by far is when Sinclair says, "Like, I like I bet you, you know, I don't know what that we'll never hear the end of that sentence." <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's like, yep, she's a mysterious one. She's not going to tell me anything, guaranteed. Like he he already knows there's stuff going on, and that they're not telling him. Uh, right, and now he knows even more because the soul hunter told him, and so did Delenn. She's like, "Oh, we were right about you." He's like, "What do you mean you were right about me?" Like, what? He's just walking through the world, like, "Why does everybody have a story about me?" <laughs> I know, I know. Which again, which just makes it so much more interesting. I really, really want to know what that's all about, what the history is, what the the missing time is, why the Mimbari stopped the war. You know, when they were when they were winning, like all that stuff, and and what is Sinclair's role. I know you know, but I, I, I'm very excited to, <laughs> to move forward and learn. 
I'm going to try to keep it in relation to the current episode just because yes. I, I don't want to be a spoiler. And yes. I'm really excited. If people are joining us for this journey, I'm really excited to watch everybody just experience the, the strip tease that is Babylon 5. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, there was something that uh, the Soul Hunter said, um, and I, I'll, I'll allow you to speculate on this, what it might mean. He's looking at her soul. So apparently he has the ability to look in and kind of see the truth of things. However that works, I don't know. But he says, you would do such a thing? Yeah. Um, First he said, you would think such a thing. You would think such a thing. You would do such a thing. Yeah. 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 Which is, uh, speaks volumes without speaking anything whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I, I assumed it had to do with the events of the war. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. It could be. It could have been more like Soul Hunter related, like yeah. maybe she killed Ducat or something like that, right? To, to, to become the leader. I don't know. I mean, it could, it could have been. Yeah, like he's seen something dark that he didn't expect to see. Yeah, basically, he was definitely surprised. Very, very surprised. Because it was like you would think such a thing. You would do <laughs> such a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess he's probably starting to feel pretty good about what he's doing because he's like, I'll keep that from happening. Uh, man, see, it's it's so weird because that the way that actor played the role um, was really was really interesting. There's something uh, there's something about uh, these sci-fi shows, and and I, I've read interviews about this with the with cast members from different Star Trek shows. They've talked about how being uh, like. Tr- trained uh shakespeare uh theater actors mm-hmm. helps them really sell the tech jargon right and all the mumbo jumbo <laughs> in a sci-fi show and and so i don't know so like there's a lot of these performances are over the top but i think they, they have to be in, in a way right like to, to really sell this so anyway yeah. so, so this guy's an alien he's very different and the way that he he reacts i read a lot into his performance and mm-hmm. there seemed to be like he seemed to be so he believed so strongly when he was doing it that he was doing something very good. And when he said that about Delenn, I got the impression that he there was respect, like he admired what oh. what she had done. And in a way, now I'm adding to it, but I think maybe he was excited to have her soul along for the ride, so he could he could learn from her. You know, oh, it's, it seemed okay. like respect right. and admiration more than he definitely wasn't afraid of her because she, like, she was he had practically killed her already. Oh, yeah. He's got her. Yeah. And it's not like, ooh, you could you would do that. Right? Like I didn't. It was it was like, like, I'm surprised and I'm impressed that you would do something like this. You would think that you would do that. Wow. That's that's how I read it. Huh. OK. I didn't read it that way at all. Um, I read. <laughs> but I. I you know, apropos of nothing, I I just had the feeling that he had a uh, kind of disgust for her. Um, could be. But that's interesting. Be. It's interesting to see the different yeah. take. Yeah. Um, just Doctor Franklin at the end, you saw something, didn't you? <laughs> so he is dying for a metaphysics that he can he can believe in. He doesn't <laughs> believe it, and he's dying for it at the same time. Man, uh, I wonder if he. Again, that idea that, you know, two people could see this. Well, I mean, we, we just proved it. We both saw the same episode and we, we read <laughs> right, the scene right. completely differently. Yes. 
Yeah. So it would have been interesting, right? Like we have proof that this is a soul. It's like, well, really, is it a soul? You know, and you could explain it away a million other ways. Um, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think maybe, you know, maybe as, as a scientist, he's just very curious. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just, he seems like a little kid when he's asking, like, you saw something, <laughs> you know, like a person who just saw a ghost and he's excited to know that somebody saw a ghost. Whether you want there to be a ghost or not, you kind of want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, uh, I, I I have family members who tell me stories about ghosts, and I'm like, really? I want to see that, but I haven't got to see it. You know, I just have stories that are surrounding me, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'll just have to trust you because it hasn't happened to me. Yeah. I don't want to be in a haunted house. I don't want to live through that situation. But really? It'd be cool if ghosts were real. <laughs> You don't want to live in a haunted house or just like even stay overnight in a haunted house? Nope, never. Mr. Chicken and the Ghost? No? Nope, okay. Nope, nope, nope. I had the opportunity when I was in uh, my master's degree program because we had a, a guy there who was uh, um, a guy who wrote uh, a book about um, near-death experiences. Hmm. Um, but I, I guess we were going to get to go to a house that was identified and it was just only 12 people were allowed to be in the ca- class and I did not get in... I, you know, I vied for the position, didn't get in, but those people went and spent the night in a haunted house. Thought that was pretty fascinating. Are they alive? <laughs> They're still alive. <laughs> as far as I know, I didn't wa- actually keep up with everybody from that group, but I've been watching too much horror lately. I, 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 <laughs> you I, sound like you have. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'd rather not take a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, it's just kind of like, well, I would really like to see the proof of anything besides physical reality. And so I'm open to the idea, but nobody's invited me to spend the night in a haunted house. (laughs) And I won't go if Vincent Price is involved. Gotcha. Agree. I understand. (laughs) I understand. I mean, I don't know what it says that if if I'm afraid, does that mean that I, that probably means that I, that I do believe, even though I wouldn't admit it. Ah, you believe. Apparently. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Well, the, the truth comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just uh, something completely offside. Uh, Futurama kind of keeps people's personalities by keeping their heads. That's another way of preserving people after they're dead. <laughs> preserve the head. Yep. Yep. It's the same concept, though, right? Like, we're going to preserve this person. Uh-huh. I mean, in Futurama, it's kind of funny, right? Like, uh, yeah. Like, you have all the presidents in a museum. President and Richard like Nixon. That. Yeah. <laughs> Just keeping him around for whatever reason. Yep. Yep. So, I had this notion that when we, when we get together to talk about Babylon 5, and um, you can tell me whether or not you feel like this is a great idea or a terrible idea, but the idea of, you know, if this was not a science fiction show, how would it be presented? Well, I'll bite. I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea yet, but I'll bite. <laughs> You'll bite, okay. <laughs> um, do you want me to answer first? Sure, yeah. Uh, so, so I think that if it were not a sci-fi show, it would be harder to get away with the the is it or isn't it technology aspect of it. Right. That's true. Because by being in the future, so so if it were, I think that if it were like just realistic historical fiction, you would have the conversation and never show an actual soul, right? 
unless you definitely there definitely were souls and then you would see the souls see but it would kill at? off the possibility that it was technology holding the soul in place exactly exactly yeah 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 and and if you wanted to keep it like and that that would prove in that world that there was a that there was a soul um if you could see it and if you didn't then you would just have everybody arguing their own side of it if it were like high fantasy um i think it would it could have played out very similarly right because then then you could say it's magic yeah. and and i think i was thinking also like if it were contemporary fiction like if it were today i think it would be very much like um like you you wouldn't see anything right it would be for it to be more realistic of a discussion and you could still have yeah i think you it'd be s- more like an x-files or a uh, supernatural episode yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean x-files is still x-files there would be an alien explanation right sure yeah <laughs> possibly or a government conspiracy but but if we're just like normal people or, or having a, the conversation then you wouldn't show it and it would just be I don't, know, I don't think it would be too special because then it would be like what happens every day with people with people arguing but yeah uh, but there is there is a show called preacher uh it's on amc it's based on a comic book and and so later on there is you see that people traffic in souls and there's it's basically uh, so, so there's even like brokers. So like people will sell a percentage of their soul just because they're behind on the mortgage and things like that. And the way they show it, it's very preacher has very, uh, it's a very, um, like Christian mindset, right? Okay. That's the, or that's the not mindset, but, um, uh, visuals, right? Paradigm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like when you see something, you see what you assume right like like christianity and visions right or would describe mm-hmm. in the bible mm-hmm. and in a warped twisted way <laughs> uh preacher's pretty twisted but um but they do they show the the soul and basically it's a it's it's kind of an extraction process similar to the machine you had there but it's mm-hmm. very it almost seems like like a machine you would use to i don't know brew some sort of alcohol or something you know and then, like, it's an injection. It's and a you soul can, like, still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you can take a little bit, uh, or or the entire soul, and and so it's a different way of representing the same idea with, but it's actually a technology, uh, not as advanced as what's in Babylon Five, but it also like they confirm that there are are souls, and you need some sort of technology to extract it, because it's not just like some sort of ritual. It's a. It's very clear in preacher, which I would, which is fiction, and it's contemporary, but it's. I don't. I don't know how to this. It's like fantasy. I guess you would. You would call yeah, it. Yeah, I think fantasy or and maybe comic books have their own. Yeah. Genre maybe mm, at like this anything, point. Anything. Any genre. Like a comic book can be any genre. So I, I would consider it. Like I don't know, like religious fantasy fiction. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so they establish that there's definitely a soul, but you need some sort of device to extract it. And, and it's kind of like, uh, like a raw rudimentary way of, of doing it. It's like, we know where it is. We just got to yank it out. And, and so it actually confirms both. Right. So, so that's something that, I don't know. I didn't think of that in, in the episode. I'm sort of thinking, Mm -hmm. uh, in Babylon five, I'm thinking it either is a soul or it isn't a soul, 
like that technology uh, is making a copy, but maybe maybe it is just a technology to actually capture the soul, like the real soul. I mean, it could be both things in in the episode. I don't know, but but those are the different versions of uh, genre that that I that I can envision. What about you? So. I think when I started thinking about this, I started thinking about, okay, if we could project this into a Western, what would the Western look like? Huh. You know, we're still in a fictional universe, but, uh, so you have to get rid of all the things that make it look like technology and yet still say that this guy comes to town and wants to steal the souls of people that are around basically. And, and you're still, you're still kind of stuck with the question of whether or not the soul exists or not. You just don't have any physical proof in the medium whatsoever. Like, you know, the, the town doctor says, uh, there, there's no way this can't be done. And uh, um, maybe the local priest says, uh, even if it could be done, it's not the right thing to do. And so you still have kind of the same storyline. The only thing that makes it science fiction in this sense, then would be the fact that we do see the storage and we see the technology used to take the soul and so we're stuck with the question of whether or not technology is involved in the process at all or not. But if somebody just brings a bag of rocks into town and they say, I'm still in souls and, and they go to where places, places where people die and they put the rock on them and take the soul. Uh, but same idea. We're, we have less, we have less reason to believe it because the, the technology is not in place and we're quick to say, Oh, that, that sounds like mythos instead of reality. But I mean, it could be uh, in a Western, right? Let's say, it could go technological in the sense of like, oh, it's um, we have some sort of mechanical device or maybe some sort of steam powered something, right? But sure. putting all of that aside, you could just use like the Futurama version. It's like, well, I cut their head off or I cut their scalp off or I cut a foot off, oh, like a lucky yeah. rabbit's foot, right? Like, uh, like oh, I, I got the person's thumb and we believe that that's where their soul is. So, now they look a lot more grisly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just more carrying Western, around like. a bag of thumbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I can get you a toe. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and, and a whole belief system behind it, right? It's like, remember, you got to shoot him in the head and you only got one minute to get that thumb. Otherwise, you lose a soul forever. It's like, oh, you got to look at the nail. If it turned blue, that means the soul is gone. You got to make sure that thing, you know, like you, you could you could justify it anyway. And uh, and apply it into and I'm sure, I'm sure stuff like this has happened throughout history. Actually, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I just think you should be a writer now that I hear the, a grisly horror <laughs> writer. But you should be a writer. <laughs> That's my Western version. What else you got? <laughs> well, I, that was the only thing that really came up for me because I was just trying to just identify: would could the story still exist without the science fiction trappings? Yeah, and I think yeah. it can. Yeah. Which which maybe says, you know, we're speaking of a mythological story, something that can be passed from generation to generation in all the different forms to just ask the question, does soul exist? Does soul not exist? Yeah. And that yeah. question has been going on for centuries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the the the, the Bible is full of stories like that from 2000 years ago, you know, to yeah. different versions of that. Yeah. And any shamanic mythology that you turn to, they are always talking about going into the underworld with their soul and, yeah. and going there to get the, the gift or whatever that they bring back. So most cultures seem to believe in something that continues on. Yeah. And it, again, that whole idea of like, he's called a soul hunter in, in English, <laughs> right? But what, what, how does that translate to their original language and the Mumbari? And are we talking about preservation? And does it matter if it's Franklin's version or this other version 
how are they different? Are they different? Um, yeah, I mean, the idea of a soul can can have many definitions, and and I think, yeah, I think it would be fascinating to hear the Mambari and the soul hunters describe what a soul is. They might say it's something different. Yeah, I'd like to do like a, like one of those British TV shows where you have everybody sitting at the table and talking about the existence or non-existence of the soul. A British TV show? Which British TV show does this? Well, you know, they always have like Face the Nation, all the different uh, gotcha, kind of gotcha, like talking gotcha. heads kind of shows. Gotcha. Where it's just a group of people that all have different expertise levels and, and we're, you know, the, the moderator sitting there. I was trying to stay away from things gotcha. like Bill Maher because it's just so politically charged yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah. But... Got it. You know, yeah. I like the idea of a round table with Mimbari and Dr. Franklin and uh, the Soul Hunter. Man. Well, actually, the soul, it goes away completely. Uh, it just I mean, sounds and, like a great idea. And, we can and, turn, turn it into news media. <laughs> and I mean, if if we're going to, I like my sci-fi realistic. So, <laughs> so you would have, um, I'm assuming you would have different Mimbari religions and beliefs you know like that's right, one thing because that I, probably menbari is not just one religion yeah that's one thing that uh, we've been talking about recently regarding um uh, star trek for example right like it, every alien race seems monocultural <laughs> right it's like but yeah that, but how can that be <laughs> yeah that's right? that's that's a good point yeah 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 you you and would expect completely going off the deep end i would just say you know the klingons are a perfect example yeah exactly exactly um so you would assume that every single alien race would have thousands of of different you know yeah. belief systems um they can't be so one-sided that it's all we believe the same thing yeah yeah i, I would think that that's impossible i i don't think that that's a uniquely human thing <laughs> no yeah yeah no it's got to be that tip, people have different answers basically yeah yeah but I mean, if you use you and I as examples, right? It's like usually if there was a, I'm assuming, right, that th- throughout both of our lives, it's been one of those things where like everybody in the room's like, oh yeah, definitely this, and I'm like the odd man out, like no, actually, I don't, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I would love to be that guy on on any Star Trek episode or, or the remake of uh, the reboot of uh, Babylon Five. <laughs> uh-huh. The uh, the the odd alien out, and every time it's like, well, we all believe this. It's like, no, we don't. Some of us do not. <laughs> You're the one guy sitting on the stands. Yep. Like, I, I can't remember what cartoon it is, but there's always a horse there and he's rooting for the team, but he's only one by himself. Yep. Yep. That's basically me. You're, you're the horse on the stands. Yep. But I want it to always be me in this series. I want to be like Doug Jones. I'm just like in full prosthetics and I'm always the weird one, you know, like <laughs> the albino Klingon, the, the three eyed, whatever, you know, like. Just always Mourn. different. <laughs> Mourn from DS9, who never says a word, but is always there. Yep, yep. <laughs> so real quick, what did you learn about the station in this episode? Um, so there were some comments about how the humans run mm-hmm. everything there, mm-hmm. and the aliens do not, right? Which was, which was interesting. So I'm learning a little bit more about the, the politics of it all. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, like we, we know that, oh, there now there are so many aliens on earth, like, like it's happening in the moment, right? Yeah. We're, like, again, like the intro, there's this weird sense that you're in a particularly important moment in history in this universe, but I don't know why, but it seems to be one where the aliens are proliferating 
on Earth and the Babylon station, the humans are in charge, right? And I didn't yeah. really, I haven't, I haven't really noticed, but I guess everybody on the at the command center is human. I don't think there are any aliens there. There are not. Yeah. CNC is completely run by uh, Earth Force. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is. Is, is so Earth Force? It's a, so it's a military installation, basically. And I believe so. I believe it's similar to the Air Force or Space yeah. Force now. Yeah. <laughs> There's a TV show coming out, by the way, called Space Force, starring Steve Carell. Excellent. Okay, yep, I'm yep. looking forward to that. <laughs> you can't say Space Force without laughing. Uh, <laughs> the right move. Um, so, so that that is what I picked up on, and also we saw a little bit more of the underground. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so there's there's that element uh, there. So it's not. So it's it's more than a. It's obviously more than a military base because there are civilians. It's not just diplomats and and military that are there. So, so I guess uh, it opened up. Like I remember before seeing that there were the different aliens quarters, right, with different mm-hmm. uh, uh, environments and atmospheres. So that different alien races could could breathe. So, but I, I I'm not sure what the purpose of Babylon is of the Babylon program is yet. Uh, I'm I'm nowhere closer to understanding why Babylon Five is the last Babylon uh, <laughs> station. Uh, those are all mysteries. But yeah, but th- that that's what I picked up on that it's this is this is a human thing. So I'm wondering if there are. Like, is there a Mumbari version? Is there, has, has no other alien race wanted to make a huge space station where everybody could come together? I don't know. Was there anything else that I missed uh, that was kind of new? Well, you know, you did get to see, you know, you got to see that there are guards kind of standing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, there are hidden ways to get around Babylon 5. And apparently if you open a door right behind a guard, he does not notice it whatsoever. <laughs> they don't pay them enough um there are different classes of people because you've got the guy who was doing you know the busking and turns out he didn't have the money to get back to earth to have his body sent back to earth or anything Mm -hmm. family didn't have the money so they commit him to the deep by just sending him out the airlock basically yeah um so you get kind of a feel that there is a culture going on behind the scenes yeah that is not obvious to us it's the background of our foreground story yeah yeah. And uh, it plays a minimal role uh, in this episode. Yeah. It's played a minimal role so far, but you're just kind of starting to see that there's striations mm-hmm. in the station. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's one of the things that you learn from this. The other thing, uh, just, uh, I don't know if this is about the station so much. It's just about the expertise behind uh, the way they handle things. Because getting that soul hunter ship onto Babylon 5 was an, an, an act of uh, amazingness, just uh, poetic ballet in the sky kind of thing with uh, Sinclair grabbing on and bringing him in. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, I've been thinking a lot about that now, watching so many sci-fi shows simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, this is, in this universe, this is the technology we have and this is what we don't have. So there's no tractor beam, right? So we need to go out in our in our starfighter, and 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 grab it by hand. Otherwise, we need to destroy it. And I don't know. That, that, that's cool. I, I like that aspect of it. That uh, we're we're learning what there is and what there isn't. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
as we're getting to the end here, just real quick, do you feel like there's any directions or destinations you would like to go in as we go forward in, in our Babylon five? Like why, what would you like to see the story do next? I don't know. I'm still learning so much. This is only the second episode. I mean, well, third, if you count the movie, but yeah, if you count the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the overall mystery is something that I'm, I'm very curious about and, I'm all about the world building, so yeah. I would like to know. Like, I have I have a long list of questions. Like, uh, <laughs> it's not clear to me. Okay, so you mentioned Earth Force, right? But is there is there an equivalent to like a federation uh, or a union? Like they call it in the Orville, you know, where everybody oh, is. Yeah, the union. I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. Right? We've seen there's diplomats there. There's a like a council that makes decisions as a group Mm -hmm. but we know that there's only five like major five or six alien races that are represented there and there's hundreds more even on the station and and they don't have representation so i'm i'm very curious about about that i'm curious about the aliens on earth and what what that's like um and i'm curious if, if there are other experiments like like the babylon station um have you have you seen valerian and the uh, the the city of a thousand planets. I have not, but it's it's kind of on my list to check it out at some point. So uh, the city of a thousand planets is is basically a uh, different planets coming together. It's like imagine the space station then gets uh, instead of different countries coming into the international space station, you start adding different planets to it too. So it becomes this like neutral territory, right? Built up by hundreds of civilizations, right? And, and alien races from across the galaxy, something like that. So I don't know. So like, you know, or, or I think about Deep Space Nine, right? Like I'm very clear on the, the role of Deep Space Nine as mm-hmm. a space station. I'm still not clear on the role of Babylon and, and if there are similar things from other alien races. I'd like to see other planets too. I don't know if that ever happens. I don't know if we ever leave the Babylon station, <laughs> but I, I'd be very curious to see some of the, the other planets. So I guess more world building, right? Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm all about the world building. I don't, I would not mind, like I do not mind episodes that are like, uh, I don't know, like Delenn goes home for the weekend, you know, <laughs> and we don't see anybody else. I'm, I'm okay with that, especially because there isn't, there's a mystery that's unraveling, but there isn't a very specific story arc right now. That I that I feel would lose momentum with something like that. I'm still I'm still excited to just see more of the of the universe. Excellent. Well, I, I'm excited to keep learning more about the show that I love so much because uh, I'm already seeing things that I didn't see before, and I hope that in 20 years, God willing, I come back to it and check it out again. That I'll find even more to uh, to play around with. Yeah. All right, Josue, well, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'm excited to carry on for with uh, our discussion of Babylon 5. I'm excited to watch you. I'm just like almost giddy watching you getting giddy over this show that I've been trying to evangelize for years now. I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. So many people walking around, I don't watch Babylon 5. I can't watch Babylon 5. Please, please give it a try. Please. You're missing something fantastic. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to our next time. And uh, uh, for those that are listening, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. We'd love to hear from you. 
yeah, you can definitely discuss this and all the episodes uh, of, of Conspiracy of Light on the GT Forum. Every episode has a, has a topic there. That's at forum.geektherapy.com. That's exciting. So you guys can come along and tell us whether or not you believe a soul exists. Yes. <laughs> all right, Josue. Well, I've had a great time talking. My soul is going to go uh, fill itself with food. Souls eat, right? Gassy hard drive souls eat, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Woody. Until next time. We'll see you next time.